Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. We are Alex and Lance Luxury Division of Pella. Psycho and The Gore. duo that your mom warned you about. Exactly. They're like, don't just stay away from those guys. And you want to know why they said that? Why? It's because they'll put you on a rocket ship. Wow, seriously? A rocket ship of learning Revit. Those boys are crazy. And and the parents didn't even listen to the second part. They're like, you can't go on a rocket ship. They're not safe yet. You know, I'm still blowing them up. This is your, these are facts. Yeah. Bezos, you don't want to go on that, that shape of a rocket ship. So it's just, it's not parent approved. But go behind their back. Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Discover how to model, to mimic uh, how construction is built. Up your game in Revit. Up your professionalism. Up your confidence. Go check it out. Money back guaranteed. RevitRocketShip.com. This episode is also brought to you by ArcCAD. As more businesses and tenants demand green building in their buildings, lead certification is more important than ever. And while ArcCAD is known for being red, they can help you go green. ArcCAD provides thousands of lead reports from building product manufacturers on how their products can help you make the green choice that's right for your project. Head over to ArcCAD.com and find the information you need for lead. And if you are going to be at the AIA convention, please stop by the ArcCAD booth. Uh, they will be there on the during the whole expo, but we will specifically be there. Me and Al, and we are giving out free handshakes, free high fives, mm. free fist bumps, free head nods, all of the above. Winks. Oh, double guns. Double guns. Yep, all of that. And uh, say hello. We'll be podcasting live from the booth. You also want to check out Pella Luxury. You have never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters, the pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. That's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Follow that link, support us, and uh, we will support them, etc. Help us help you. Yeah. Speaking of that, I wanted to revisit one small item of last podcast because I think it's important. Maybe we touched upon it, but I think it might be the most important part. So that's why I'm revisiting it. So we talked about uh, why it's okay to send someone home, to send yourself home also. And if you have a business partner, maybe for them to send you home. And the reason, the, the big thing we went over is because your attitude is affecting someone else, right? Remember that? Yep. They're affecting the whole team. But <clears throat> what I think it's now even more important is that if you are in that emotional area where you need to be sent home and you aren't sent home, you're not going to make good decisions. Whatever your next task is going to be, you're going to come at it grumpy. You're going to come at it like if it's physical work, you might go too hard. You Like you might break something. You might throw down something in anger. If it's uh, intellectual work, someone might be asking you a question and you could be giving them short replies. You could be arguing just to argue. I know you like to do that sometimes. I love it. And, and that's actually why I'm here. That's why I'm here is, is, is for that. But 
You don't, you basically are at a place where you've ramped yourself up so much that you are on this train that you aren't going to be able to make good decisions. So you just need to, you need to go home. And that's why it's worth it hmm. when, when Lance said, oh, we, we pay them for the whole day. We're not concerned about it because if, because the trade-off is they stay. Okay. Now they stay and make bad decisions. That's just, you just paid them for making bad decisions. Then you paid them again for fixing all those bad decisions because it's going to take time to fix all those bad decisions. So take the L, uh, treat it as a learning lesson and move it on. So that's, that's what I wanted to rehash there. Yeah. Uh, second thing I want to rehash because it keeps going up is the inflation numbers. Yay. (laughs) It's at 8.6 this month. If you aren't following it, that's why you follow inside the firm to let you know. I think they said it's the highest in 40 years. It's just so exciting. It's so exciting. I'm excited. Yep. I know the I know people who are lower middle and middle just middle class are super excited about all this inflation, aren't you? Yep. Sarcasm. Yep. I saw. I have seen. So on that note, like I just the privilege takes that I see from the people on LinkedIn, especially what I like to call them. I like to call them the laptop class. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's a thing. And uh, so this guy, it's a public post. I don't care if he's putting on blast. You can look at my screen right now. His name is Matt Bertram, head of digital strategy. <clears throat> he's a web growth expert in digital stratus. He shared and then put truth, LOL, this image. And it says from a different guy, uh, this, this new marketing camp- campaign for remote work is really good. And it's got a picture of gasoline. I got to imagine it's on, on the, one of the coasts or something like yeah. that, but like 725 for regular, 745 for plus, 775 for, for, for Supreme. And what I had to say is I go, tell that to the blue collar guy with the truck trying to make ends meet. What a privileged laptop, laptop class take. And then some, and then well, actually one of our former employees jumped right in there, Josh Kern. Some folks are in for a shock when they suddenly realize they can't eat cloud data. <laughs> It's such a Josh Kern um, <laughs> response. I love it. I, I still love you, Josh. I think you're great. And then some other guy like just said some, something way too long. It didn't even matter. Um, and then uh, oh, but, another one, yeah, yeah. And then and then one of our former students uh, said, "Agreed, Lance. No reason to mock folks who must drive and can't afford it for whatever reason. I've definitely been there." Also, are there really seven dollar gas prices these days? To me, this seems like misinformation. Mm-hmm. It's right. it's really not, Matt. Um, anyway, but here's what I mean. In in the most uh, lightest sense, you could just take it as you know, hey, it's 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 a it's a joke image, blah blah blah. They made a joke, but w- what they need to realize by this, and what you're pointing out is, I don't think a lot of people realize that what makes the economy work is the blue collar people, and that's what polite society. Does I, would, not I would encourage everybody to, so uh, Mike Rowe was on Adam Carolla. You should listen to it this weekend. He had, Mike, Adam Carolla does these just one-on-ones. And I think Adam Carolla is one of the best interviewers in, in, in the industry by far. And uh, that's exactly what Mike Rowe's point was, was like polite society doesn't exist without the dirty jobs. Yep. Yep. Um, and also the, the comment about can't eat, you know, cloud data storage and stuff like that is like your food prices are going up because of that and they'll say well those of us who can should stay at home in laptop class and um you know that would be us contributing and that's a generous interpretation of it and and that's that's sort of that that's okay in a sense we already talked about um i actually think that this 
well, I actually got to put the blame on the government and we could go on deeply because they caused this inflation and the shutdowns and all that. Right. But <clears throat> there was this whole supply chain issues. Yeah. Right. And you could also blame that on the on the shutdown and the workers couldn't do their work and all that. I also blame it on the laptop class because they don't have a quick feedback loop. Because when there's no feedback loop, yeah. Because when when ships need to go to port, when you need to increase workers, how do you know? Did you know one of the problems? There was many problems at the port of California when this happened. <clears throat> one of the problems was they didn't increase shifts. They did not increase shifts to get all the supplies off to then put them on trains to get them going. Why do you think that happened? My theory is why that happened is because HR and whoever was managing that was remote. They didn't give a shit. Mm. It's not that they didn't give a shit. They didn't. I'll, no, no, I'll put it this way. They didn't give a shit to go down there and figure out the thing because they didn't have to because they were remote workers and you don't have that feedback loop. The infrastructure. So this is credit to how important you remote workers are in the whole infrastructure. If you aren't literally actively managing and the only way you can actively manage is to actually go down to the plant and see what's going on, you're causing huge disruptions and I don't think you know it because you're sitting there getting your work done and that's enough to get paid. Yeah, That's enough to get paid. And that's why Elon Musk said, I think it was executive staff. Yep. It's like if it you are executive. HR and you're HR Fremont, you need to be in the Fremont factory. You need to be. In Our the workers Fremont. are here. The people, the tan, the people, the tan, the people getting the tangible work done. The human resources, yeah, are there. Yeah, HR head of human resources. Yeah, you need to be where your people are. Yeah, yeah. There HR. are some that where you, I do understand, and you understand. There's some remote work that can be done. Blah blah. Sure. And you don't need. And it. it's not right. And some people, some people are probably the best at, at, at working remote. Sure. But I just don't. I just again do not buy. That's why the title of this episode is is the work from home revolution fading. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, some other stuff I want to want to touch base about that has to do with everything around our industries, construction, architecture, and uh, just general business because the, the housing sector is such a huge uh, factor in American society. There's uh, LinkedIn has had some really great news lately. I just uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn um, enough to just kind of see what the what the general feel is of feel is of everything. Mostly there's no politics there, which I like. Uh, this article is uh, from by Melissa Cantor, editor at LinkedIn News. Time to ditch single-family homes. Al loves that. Yeah. She goes on to say, how does the housing crisis end? Some say to fix the soaring real estate prices is for Americans to give up on the single-family dream. It's a question that's playing out in real terms in Steamboat Springs, Steamboat Springs Colorado, which has a rare opportunity to build affordable housing on 536 acres it received from an anonymous donor, mm. Time reports. But despite the link between density and affordability, many residents don't want to live in apartments or multifamily units. Mm. Big surprise, right? It would take, I would take a very, very small house, one person said during a community meeting. Um, <clears throat> and then there's, there's, some, there's some comments further on here. Uh, with housing prices reaching unaffordable levels for the middle class, pretty much all across the U.S., Time Magazine is wondering if the single-family home has has had home has run its course in favor of townhomes and apartments that, in many cases, will be rented by REIT, you know, private equity companies that are splurging in the real estate residential real real estate market. Do Do you think this is a move? Here's the difference. One, one, yep. Yes, keep going. Do I think this is the move? But last, the last sentence I gotta say it is for the middle class American having a single family 
house is still the preferred solution. I honestly think it's for almost everybody except maybe single people sure. in their 20s. Yes. Yep. Love to go to baseball games and whatever and, and have fun and go to cool bars. Um, here's a question. Do you think this is basically saying time to do it single family homes? Question mark. In um, And are the two options either we're going to ditch that for you to become a renter of a townhomes or apartment or a renter of a... T- or a owner of a townhome slash apartment. I think it's probably both is their thought process. Yeah. But I definitely think it's their multifamily situations is what they're pushing for. Yep. Which then goes to the whole, you'll own, you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah. Do you know what the concern is for me because of that is because these different housing types lead to different options that whoever owns the bigger property can do. So this comes from experience. I, I look at real estate, almost daily, right? Just prices and stuff? Just prices, sure. right? Just keep up. <clears throat> and I was always baffled about a year ago about why um, trailer parks in Boulder County, which probably average sales price is $700,000. You could get, even last year, a, a trailer for like one fifty five, And some people redo them and make them nice on the inside. Some people over in my area... Um, they even have like solar panels on them. Mm-hmm. The new trailer houses that trailers that you can buy, like they're manufactured in a uh, in a a building. You know, like they're they're actually decent. And I'm like, how can you? How in the world in Boulder County, which Boulder County for hiking for fishing is absolutely amazing. It's the best, right? the The amount of parks and and trails and open space, which Lance loves, is all over the place. Ah, so he so, he enjoyed the open space with me the other day. Keep going, Al. So anyways, um, that the rent on a $155,000 thing in Boulder County just, just makes sense. Like yep. you could be a remote worker or tech person. Like why wouldn't you in your 20s just, just buy that, right? Then, then I learned about park fees. Do you know about park fees? Mm-hmm. So basically you have to pay a lot fee for your trailer. And it should be something around 150 a month, something like that. But depending on your area and depending on the market, I know even outside of Boulder County and Weld County, which is rural, park fees, yep. they increase those to guess what? Double, you think, Lance? I would say double. Okay, double. Triple? Nope. $1,000 a month. $1,000 a month. Because they can. So now your rent- Why can they? <laughs> what's, what's rent in the area? It's $2,000, right? Yeah. Your $100,000 thing only costs you $1,000 a month or even $800 a month to pay off that mortgage, right? So there's a gap of $1,200. Who's going to, if your only other option to get out of the trailer park is to pay $2,000. So the trailer park, people know this and they'll go, oh, we'll charge you $1,000 for a park fee. Now your bill is $1,800. Your option, your next best option is $200 more than what you have right now. So I'll use this term, like they're literally robbing you of however much the market can bear in elasticity because they own the land. So what I'm getting at Mm -hmm. is that in these situations where you don't own the land, you know, there's HOA fees, right? But you could literally like just vote them out, right? (laughs) Where you don't own the land. If they, they, if they literally can give you any sort of fees like that, that you cannot control, you no longer will be saving money right. where my rent is locked in. 
because I bought my house. Oh man, ago. what an interesting uh, circle you're making. It's yep. locked in. Yep, I'm following. Yep. The other way, it's not locked in. So that's where I'm afraid of is that all of a sudden you have this house, this multifamily thing, where maybe in the beginning, hey, rent's only a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred. Oh. Does someone else control this other fee that you cannot get out of? And then we'll always increase it to match right at the market or right below the market. Mm-hmm. Now it's just as unaffordable. And yeah. that's where the single family model is so attractive because it's so easy for for people to understand like, no, this is mine. This is what my rent is going to be for the next 30 years. Done. HOA fees. I might have to fight that a little bit or, or be okay with, but they're not going to fluctuate like, like lot fees at all. Yeah. Well, I have some good news for everybody who is th- who is still, you know, who's wondering about am I ever going to be able to afford a house? So, you know, am I an investor? All that kind of stuff. And uh, every month I take a look at it. Like I'm, I usually get excited around like the fourth or fifth of every month because then um, the numbers come out for Denver Metro, Boulder County, where we operate uh, the house prices. So from the Denver Post here, we've got uh, Men- Metro Denver housing market pandemic peak wanes in May. Price gains flattened and the inventory of homes available for sale continued to rise in May. Early signs that the gravity of higher mortgage rates might finally be starting to pull the Denver Metro's housing market back to earth, according to a monthly update from Denver Metro Realtors. So to put that in perspective, the numbers are there were 3,652 homes and condos available for sale at the end of May in Metro Denver, which is 14% more than the number available at the end of April. So houses are staying on the market longer. We are kind of getting back to a, a normal-ish sort of uh, market. More noticeable, they go on to say, the inventory was 76% higher than at the end of May 2021 when the market was starved for supply. That means there was like 600 homes available. That's, That's crazy. insane. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Price, supply and demand, right? We go over that a lot in this show. Uh, the inventory of a single-family homes available was 116% higher than a year ago, while the inventory of condos and townhomes was up 11.5%. Um, so the price for single family homes was down 1.5% from April. This is, this is ones that get put on the market down 1% from the month before. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the price where it looks like we're hitting like a plateau and all of that. And just to kind of re put it into, um, into we're, we're experiencing essentially hyperinflation, right? 8.6% is, would be a lot for just a year over year. But you're seeing it per month. That is the year over year from last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Compared to last year, right? Yep. Right. But, that, but then I want you to keep in mind that like, well, what was the year over year from there? And there's a compounding effect. So that's what I'm saying. Like it is technically hyperinflation. And they don't count things that really count too. They manip- <laughs> The CPI is highly manipulated. It doesn't matter what president's in there. Up, down, left, right, yep. inside, out. That'd be a weird one, but... Uh, it's probably on the horizon. So, yeah. um... The, it, you know, the, the, here's the issue though. So it's like, oh, now we have more houses on the market. Cool. Oh, now it seems like they're not in, like, we don't have to be as aggressive when we go to put an offer on it. In fact, there's even some like you, what you could list for 550 last month, maybe you can only list for 540 and then it, maybe it'll keep trending that way over the summer. Um, what if your job goes away and then you can't even have the house? Well, you know, there Definitely. was, but Lance, listen, listen to the crown. <laughs> the crown said, uh, they only lost, I can't remember. Maybe you can look it up, but, um, they lost only 250,000 jobs. And as of right now, that negative job growth is not concerning. So 
It's not concerning. Yeah, concerning. It's kind of like how inflation was transitory and then it wasn't. And yeah, just kind of. It will only become concerning when it is concerning. How dare you try to look in the future and say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." We can slowly turn. No. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, on to kind of the topic, the overall topic, the headline of this show, and that is, is the work from home revolution fading? So another LinkedIn article here, this one from uh, Alessandra Reimer, nice name, editor at LinkedIn News, is the work from home revolution fading? I'm going to say Reimer. It could be Reimer. Let's put it out there. The great debate of remote versus in-person work continues. While at least 7.4% of American workers are still working from home due to COVID, this number is considerably down from 35% at the height of the pandemic. Federal data shows, yes, hybrid systems are still in demand, but WFH, work from home, faces its own set of drawbacks, including Zoom fatigue and longer hours with less productivity. These factors are driving some CEOs to curtail hybrid work. It's becoming increasingly apparent that Zoom and Google Chat aren't substitutes for in-person dynamics, Argos mm. argues Axios. Yep. And I would agree. I think Al's, Al's big point that he made, you know, a couple episodes ago or whatever, was the te- if you can, it, the teams are going to out-compete. Yes. Football yeah. teams that work together will crush football teams that remotely practice. <laughs> yeah. There's no I in team. Yep. So, um, yeah, just wanted to, just wanted to touch base on that because again, I think if 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 there's if if somebody said to me, you have three choices, Lance. You can take your firm and go all the way remote, remote or you can go all the way in. Uh, you you have to be there every single day, or maybe you're just flexible, right? And I go, oh, the flexibility, because yeah. that's where it's at. It's like Alex Gresh. He ran. He had to go over to the courthouse just a little bit ago. Yep. Took half hour off of his day. No big deal. He'll make it up. Yep. Go get a marriage license or something. Like these little personal things. Like whatever. I, I also like work from home Wednesdays. Like it breaks up the week perfectly. It does. It really does. No, yeah. no. But I would say that's part of the flexibility. Yeah. So yeah. if like the third one is work from home Wednesdays plus flexibility. Yeah. That's the way to go. You know what I also like about it too? That I was actually looking forward to because I think I was the only one in. I can't remember if one of our other guys was in. On Wednesday? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just you. Uh, it could have been one of check the out fishing blue with collar. Check, check. Oh, okay. Blue collar. <laughs> yeah, it was probably Baca. Um, but we still had our Monday morning meeting. So it still kicked off like, ah, today's a work day. Everyone's here, you know, blah, 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 in yeah. different areas. Um, so it was great. Yeah. Well, Nick is not with us today. So instead, we have a very special guest. Um, Sam Hyde is going to read for us. Every day, I'm aware of how limited the window is to make the money. And this applies to all of you, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing something creative, whether you're doing something blue collar or soul crushing, or whether you're talking about just enjoying life, like the period, the window of life where you're, you are cancer free or you have a special friend or you're not beset by agonizing girl problems or very importantly, where money is coming in. And also people rag on me for talking about money too much. Money is your life energy. Money is the fuel that you use to, um, f- for example, help your mother out of the hospital. Whatever. Whatever. Your money is your, your life force. It's, it's, a, it's a claim on all other types of energy, okay? What do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts? So I agree. There's a balance. 
uh-huh. Mo- money money does equal freedom, but don't let money become your prison. Ooh, good one. You know? Yeah. I just really like the part about money is your life force. It is. And it just, it's like, there's so many different phrases, right? Everybody's heard me say it a million times. Like, money isn't everything, but not having it is. Kanye West, it's something I live by. I really like what you just came up with. I like what Sam came up with. I just, I just don't like the, it's either completely evil or it's completely good. It's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And And I think you got to find that line. It like, it becomes your freedom the more you get it. And then let's just say, because the new average, it isn't $75,000. Once you make that amount, your happiness doesn't fluctuate. It's now 104. So let's say you're getting to that hundred mark. Now you need to decide like, oh, will more money give me more freedom or will more money get me into a prison? And then I don't have, you know. Yeah. Yep. And then make your decision accordingly. It's just like profits too. You hear this this talking point now, like the, the corporation not be able to make profits. Like that's the lifeblood. That's yeah. the lifeblood. You cannot operate a company without a profit. Even a nonprofit, technically, technically, technically you need extra money which is profit you just have to spend it it's the only difference between a non-profit and a profit yeah so at the end of the year you're supposed to show almost zero a yeah. non-profit anyway what do we got next we got ARE Jeopardy let's bring down the team all right everyone ready question number one what does the second number on the wide flam on the wide flange nomenclature designate is it a it's height b it's width c it's weight or d it's pounds per foot tricky so tricky okay dd ah yes pounds per foot correct yeah just you all right question two this is ibc 2018 the thickness of concrete floor slabs supported directly on the ground shall not be less than how many inches? Is it A, 3.5, B, 4, C, 3, D, 2.5? Those are all inches. Okay. Thickness of concrete floor slabs supported directly on the ground shall not be less than how many inches? B, B. B is correct, four inches. Two, two. Two, two. Number three, electricity flowing in a conductor is called what? A, electricity. B, bitey hot lightning in a conductor. C, current. D, flow. Electricity flowing in a conductor is called what? Correct answer is C, current. All right. Great job. You got three? Yeah. Ooh, is this, would this be your first W? Oh, okay. Three to two. Number four, what is electricity flowing through a conductor measured in? Is it A, amps, B, volts, C, voltage, D, amperes, E, A, and D? Boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah, I threw you off. Boom, boom. Good guessing, Reeves. You are the winner. Where are we Correct going? The answer to is E, A, and D. Amps or amperes? Amps is just short for amperes. Um, I don't know. Did we say 
The Roost. The Roost. Wow. Congratulations on picking the correct thing. Congratulations to you uh, who's watching on the YouTube. Please like, subscribe, leave us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We will see you next week.